commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Grex Kondak, and you're listening to Core World News. You're on a new show of in-depth coverage from the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now, for your new segment rundown for July 2nd, 2021. 99 problems with a bad batch, each one. Boba's Bounty Board. Starlight Beacon Bulletin. But first, this new news. All right. Thank you very much, Grex Kondak. Always the man on the scene. Good to have you back this week. Yeah. Um, and good Missed to have you, Grant buddy. back this week as well, coincidentally. It's also good to have you here, too. Coordinating yeah, your breaks. It was, we were mid-rim, had to get back quickly. Um, but, you know, the, the hyperspace disaster held us up, guys. The Drenger yeah. situation, it's not getting better. <laughs> right. It's getting worse. Even when you feel like it's getting better, you know it's getting worse. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, we're talking about High Republic right now. Um, we've got some, obviously, a lot of things to cover. First, we're going to talk about Bad Batch, which is fantastic. But I just want to make a pitch at the top of the show right now to be like, if you're not reading High Republic um, comics and books, really think about it. It's really good yeah. storytelling. It's it's ex- exciting new territory that they're covering. It has a whole different feel to it, but it's still very much Star Wars. I adore it. And um, the War of the Bounty Hunters is fantastic as well. In yeah. the comics. If you've been thinking about reading the comics before, um, check it out. Um, yeah. Because this is this is a great crossover event. Yeah. It's very obtainable um, to just get into this new... Since 2020, they sort of rebooted everything. And you can pick it up pretty quick and uh, enjoy it. Yeah. The EU dope. is where it's at right now. I mean, there's right. not a lot going on other than Bad Batch in the, you know, in the TV and film realm. So there's... There's a lot going on that uh, you can jump onto if you love Star Wars. You'll be yeah, rewarded of, for sure. There's a lot of connective tissue between the High Republic books and the saga films uh, and certain characters that even pop up in the oh, saga. Yeah. I mean, Thor yeah. spans back to these High Republic books. Um, a certain characters' lineages span back to this. Super fun to see that, that yeah. kind of reconstruction of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Or I guess the first inklings of all that stuff kind of take form. Uh, it feels like the kind of the uh, the Plagueis novel. It feels like uh, the Plagueis novel. It feels like um, uh, you know the Bane trilogy. It feels yeah. like some of the precursor books that kind of highlight um, you know the, where the factions are heading yeah. in the galaxy. And we could talk more about this when we actually talk about the High Republic a little later. But one thing that I was a little hesitant about is that they are releasing books at various reading levels. They're releasing the comics, and they all do tie together, but I was a little nervous that I'd be lost if I wasn't reading every single thing. And it's really not like you could just read the main run novels and very easily be able to follow, follow the story. There's just little extras, right? They mention a character. There's a thing that's a little reward. It actually kind of reminds me of reading Stephen King novels where if you read them all, there's all these connective tissue right. that rewards it. But each one synergy. Yeah, exactly. But each one is completely rewarding and, and understandable in its own individual serving. Right. I think most would most I think most of us would advise people read Light of the Jedi first. But I think a yeah. lot of those other books, the ancillary books and the young adult books um, around Light of the Jedi that were released around that time, they do cover the hyperspace disaster to an extent that you would if yeah. you just read those books, you'd, you'd be able to continue on to the other books and things like that. The comics as well as the the other um, formats. 100%. Yeah. And to that point, so that, uh, you know, that was phase one, that everything that has come up 
really to this point today. And then um, phase two is just getting released, right? Or is actually is right, anyways yeah. that uh, Kevin Scott's uh, Rising Storm was just released this past week. And we're going to be covering yeah. it next week, not this week, but next week. Is that considered phase two or phase one? It is. I think it's phase, phase two. two. It's the kickoff phase of phase two. two. Yeah. So yeah, everything now coming out now is technically part of phase two. Uh, in fact, I think the comic we're going to talk about is part of phase two, but it's it's real close. It's 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 connected. So, right. Yeah. Anyways, that's my plea. Um, there's so much good Star Wars content out there. If you just love sort of basking in the galaxy um, like we do, um, there's a lot of great media out there that's fun to uh, take in. Um, so, yeah, do that. But um, right now, why don't we talk about The Bad Batch? If you're having clone problems, I feel bad for you, son. I have 99 problems, but The Bad Batch ain't one. Uh, hit me! Woo! Okay, so uh, the 99 problems, but uh, Bad Batch certainly ain't one. Um we got episode 10 common ground this uh, week, uh, a little bit different style of an episode. seems like every week they give us a whole new sort of adventure and a different style of adventure. And um, yeah, it, it was a great time. This one's a little more action heavy than mm -hmm. others, but um, what did you two, how did you, what did you take away from this? Uh, you know, I mean, I, this is, this is, these are, this is, this story instance is the sort of thing you'd hear about when reading EU novels is the, the first takeover of the empire that the kind of yeah. the occupation and the speeches and the, the propaganda and things like that. And this illustrated that in such a chilling way. And I thought that was a really strong, a strong point of the episode was the <clears throat> Imperial Admiral kind of um, asking the Senator to, you know, keep his people, keep uh, the people in line while they kind of, you know, well, I, I her direct words are, you know, thank you for your cooperation as we build a more unified galaxy. Like just this really kind of this haunting message of how they're they're unifying and building a better galaxy, but in in reality, it's obviously tyranny and oppression. And uh, and and good to see Senator Singh, our guy, like breaks from it. He's like, no way, I'm not following this. And I thought that was that was a really powerful moment, and I hope to see that in you know in other forms throughout the the other media. Just the, during this era, especially, it's so cool to see how planets dealt with the imperial takeover of the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, it feel, feels super necessary. This story, mm -hmm. like we, you know, we always got the takeover from like a you know fallen Jedi's point of view. We we haven't really seen what this is like on the ground, and this show is doing a lot of legwork to be like this is what it's like to be taken over by an empire, to be absorbed into a thing, and and especially this empire, and. Um, I think it's really important storytelling for Star Wars to like see this because, you know, it's it's always been like, yeah, they're really bad guys, the Empire, because we see, you know, Vader and, you know, the big bads. But it's just sort of like, well, they took over and, you know, some people supported them. And why did it happen? And this, yeah, Bad Batch yeah. is doing an awesome job showing what it's like to be on the ground during a, an Empire takeover. It's cool. And it's super interesting because it's actually showing us the two bad guys from two different eras interacting, right? We have the separatists now mm. interacting with the empire, right? right. And, and it and it's so weird because I just I, this episode 
well, the first time I watched it was I was like, oh, well, this is a really interesting standalone episode. There's a little bit of character movement, but of all like this is the first episode that first felt like had breathing room where we weren't moving the plot forward. We were just kind of sitting with the characters and just had a standalone mission. And then the second time I watched it through, I'm like, no, it's actually doing Grant, as you mentioned, like a lot of work about talking about the transition period and it was really complex because I'm like, I still don't know how I feel or how I should feel about the separatists from right. The prequel trilogy, like they, they, they are bad guys, but they're not wrong. I like, it's just, it's so complex. The are they bad guys? They were on the That's, right side of the conflict. Obviously. Yeah. That was my I mean, take. My they kind of was... turn into the rebels, but at the same time, like they were separating from the, the, Republic, but then the Republic had been taken over by a Sith. Like, it's so complex. It's really interesting. I don't know the history of Raxus during the Clone Wars, but Avi Singh, Senator Avi Singh, he did, in my mind, my read was, he he felt like the most, one of the most altruistic people we've seen. Yeah. In, yeah. during the war. And, it, and you know, here, you know, it, during the aftermath of the war. And, and it, he didn't seem like, he seemed like he was just trying to protect the people. And that was... yeah. I think that's all you can do when there's, you know, in wartime. Yeah. And they said um, that Raxus is really the center of the uh, the yes. Confederacy uh, of Independent Systems. Yep. Yeah. And, but, you know, which is kind of interesting to have this really altruistic leader at the center of the separatist movement. But I, I can see how that would be a thing, especially in hindsight, knowing that, like, even the Jedi, they were essentially corrupted and in yeah. their own way. And um, and obviously, you know, yeah, the Republic, I mean, it was a civil war. There's really no winners in a civil war. Right. And so, again, yeah. they're doing really cool groundwork to sort of be like, well, this is what it was like between, you know, factions right after this galactic civil war. Um, What's utterly fascinating is it seems like the Jedi weren't, you know, they were one of the last to uncover the truth that there's a dark lord behind yeah. the, the clone war, the, the, the clone army and, and the mm -hmm. Republic. And it seems like many of the separatists actually knew this truth before the Jedi Order, which is that's a fascinating uh, part of the narrative that I think can be explored in more detail and branch outwards. You know, it's like a lot of them knew of Darth Sidious. Like, it seems like, I mean, not just the Nemoidians, but it seems like yeah. most of the separatist high council. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Which is weird, but I mean, they were obviously sung, a, well, not, maybe not obviously, but I believe that they were sung a tale of, we're actually going to win this war because I'm on, don't worry about it. I'm a double agent or, you know, yeah. whatever. and they didn't know they were pawns the whole time. I, I mean, including Dooku, he didn't know he was a pawn when he got his head lopped off. He was like, Oh you yeah. Know? It was like that last second. You could see it finally settling in. Exactly. I'm like, I was uh -oh. just a tool. <laughs> yeah. This whole time. Oops. Yeah. Bummer uh, for Dooku, you know, actually one of my favorite characters, really. Me too. He's up the up there with Qui Gon Jinn, but uh, still of the, um, so yeah, such as for for love, uh, life, and light. Anyways, um, yeah. So other That's things that happened so said right before, right before, yeah, <laughs> before yeah. the the uh, bisection with the lightsaber. It's just for life and light. Boing. <laughs> yeah, I still remember seeing that moment in the theater. Because that was the first Star Wars movie, right? PG-13. And I was just like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> the first five minutes of that film, like, this is going to be a ride. Yeah. Got real. Got real. Yeah. And then and then the younglings. Yeah, oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> just a lot of trauma packed into that film. Yeah. 
it's a tough sure. film to watch. It's why it's always low on my ratings because it's like it takes some <laughs> yeah. emotional like, energy to to watch yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're all Padme watching that film. It's tough. <laughs> you mean pregnant barefoot, dude? That's right. You're right. Okay. Um. Anyways, back to the story. Back to this episode. episode. Back to <laughs> these guys okay. here. Uh, yeah. First of all, Hunter, who got like shot in the chest last episode, is just back in action. It's fine. He shook it off. Shook it off. No big deal. He's um, made of tougher stuff, really. Um. And then so we have this other narrative. So the, the main narrative is that you know, obviously the Bad Batch is sent after uh, to rescue the senator from the clutches of the Empire. The other narrative is poor Omega gets left behind. Obviously, Hunter is like in super like parental helicopter yep. mode here where yeah. he's just like, we can't take a child to do these maneuvers we're doing. Like, it just doesn't make so sense. So we're going to leave her with a, a untrustworthy bar. bar owner. <laughs> yeah. Trend Ocean. Double dealing. Yeah. yeah. Bar owner. Yeah, I never realized how like is that Cheers in the galaxy far, far away? Because real Re Perlman. Oh, that's a good pull. I don't know why I never made that connection either, but a hundred percent. Because yeah. the so which ones? So is the Athorian Norm, and then the uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the other ones the the mailman. Um, yeah, I, can, so I, was to, I was trying to think of the name, and I can't think of the name of the mailman. Is it Carl? I don't know. Um, I took it. Oh, it didn't stick. What the heck? Uh, sorry, I took a picture of the um, voices. There's some guy named Ketch in there. Yeah. And um, some other dude named like Oglo or something. And yeah, it, Ketch I, 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 is I, the weak way. Um, yeah, Ketch is the weak way. And Bolo, I think, is going to be Bolo. the. Um, yeah, it's going to be Bolo. the Thorian. Yeah. But to, um, be, to be fair to Hunter, though, there there are not a lot of patrons at, at her party. Right. Like, it's pretty abandoned. Like, anyone. She. It, Omegas will be safe there compared to the well, and, and, yeah. until there's a video game tournament. Yeah, I mean, it's yes, very that's great. That's a good point. There's a lot so of Bobby Fisher of Dijarik. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I, so what's interesting is, you know, Ben, we've been talking about you've been talking about kind of like the fact that we're dealing with a team that is not completely formed. Right. We don't yeah. know what roles are. And I think we start getting some of those questions answered in this episode. Oh, and go on. I think one of the things that this show, this episode does is show the role that Omega has been playing that we haven't really been thinking about, which she's the strategist of the team. Hunter's not a strategist tech. Mm. And I would not say I wouldn't say tech or um uh, See, Echo, Echo are strategists, and what what I think happens is isn't. I would argue Hunter was the first, the initial strategist, but yeah. she is going to he prove that she's a superior. I don't think he's good at it though, because in this episode, the only reason they get out of their entire scrape is because Singh knows that there's a tunnel, so they're not strategists. Like if you watch their mission, because I watched it twice. Yeah. They get out out of dumb luck and the fact that the person they're rescuing knows how to get them out of it. It's it's just them fumbling their way through this mission. I'd give them a little more credit than that. I think Hunter, he knows how to react in the moment because of his like. Yeah. The abilities and um, yeah. And, 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 you know, so he knows how to react in just the moment to sort of save their He's lives. He's more of a tactician. And then she's a strategist. If that's, yeah, that's I mean, he's, he's really just like a warrior. I mean, yeah. He knows how to react in the immediate 
moment to survive. Right. right? And I think that's why they survive because they're really good. They're really good at what they're doing. But there's not a yeah. person going, well, maybe we should do this to avoid this. Right. He just gets into the right. situation and figures out the best way to get him out of that immediate situation. See, I mean, obviously, this looks like now we have two hackers and we have two strat, you know, strategy yeah. like Jedi two level intellect. Uh, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I missed out on the combo last week. I, I have oh, yeah. some theories at this point. Well, go for it. What are your theories? I told you my theories. I texted you guys the theories. I, well, I, I know, like, but our listeners don't know. I was trying I to like, see. Well, most people. Were, all right. Well, now the, the strategy, the idea that, you know, it's inherent in her nature to be this strategist. It kind of throws this theory off a little bit. But I was thinking. You know, in the last episode, we saw a lot of clone tanks. So we know that the Kiminoans have been cloning for a while. We know that Omega is their secret weapon of sorts. It's it's highly mysterious as to why she's the secret she's the secret weapon. She must be enhanced in some way. It seems that they can enhance if they can change the genetics and clones to age faster, to learn faster, to you know uh, become yeah. of soldier status earlier in life. Uh, I'm sure they can do other things. And so I'm thinking that they possibly mixed in other genetics. To, to make Omega. And Do you think there's think another another shoe that's going to drop? I think they took battle metrics from the Clone Wars. I mean, what do you do if you have all the clone troopers going off and fighting? You just take data. You take data yeah. from all the battles. Yeah. And, and then that was a huge storyline with Echo was that like they were in, in the end of the the war was that they were stealing the by, you know, battle metrics. So we know they exist. Right. And so I think I think after you you glean all the data, you know, glean all the info from that data. I think you see which warriors excel on the battlefield. I think they'll they'll quickly see that they'll quickly see that the Jedi are far superior to their clones, and the Jedi are taking out you know swaths and swaths of separatists. Uh, and then they're probably they're probably going to try and get DNA from from the best piece on the board. And I think the best piece on the board is either Obi Wan or Anakin. And mm -hmm. I would argue that it's probably Anakin, just because. Yeah. I feel like he has, a, you know, his his stats are probably off the charts in this war. So you're betting on yet another Anakin re reincarnation. So that, that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I just think Filoni, I think, I think Filoni tries to stay true to what, what George did. I think he tries to always rope in characters from the prequels in, yeah. in any way that he can. Yeah. And I think yeah. Anakin is a huge character from the prequels and I, that would make sense for this character to have cloned material of you know it just makes sense to me that'd be wild uh, i love it i, I i'm gonna take your but not the strategist right i i don't feel like he's this i feel like obi-wan yeah. would be a better strategist if that's you know I'm you know who is a great strategist and spent a lot of time on camino shock t ah. just saying if you wanted to like get some you know, yeah. some genetic material from a Jedi. You got one stationed there for yeah. the whole Clone Wars, really. She was there. I'm just also, I like that. I got to push back on Grant saying that Obi-Wan's a great strategist. Oh, come on. Okay. Oh, I mean, he's not the right. best strategist, but he does. Oh. He does. You know, Jedi mind trick alone is great strategy. Come on. I mean, or force ability. So like in in episode two, he kind of fumbles his way around and eventually gets almost destroyed by a Mandalorian, which then kind of figures out what's happening. Like he just he just asks his like his friend where to go, goes there and then things happen. And then episode three, he tracks Grievous down because he's told to go there. 
and he's spying, and his big master plan is to jump down and fight him with a lightsaber. Right. But that's not strategy. That's just confidence. If I was going to be sort of negative, I would say it's sort of like Jedi white privilege is like, he's over <laughs> but he's like, he's super strong in the force and he trusts yeah. in the force and that's yeah. his whole I mean, life. And he's just like, well, whatever's happened is going to happen. But it's like, he's super strong in the force. Right. So he can just sort of, like, I think that's part of it, right? He just trusts in the force and it does steer him right for most of it <laughs> until he ends up having to kill his brother. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the way it goes, yeah. but he didn't kill him. Did he? No, he sure didn't. <laughs> maybe not uh, the maybe not the I mean, obviously prequels Obi-Wan wasn't yeah, he just I, kind of threw himself into danger constantly. But, but original trilogy, I mean, it, it is the grand design wise. of Obi-Wan to for yeah. that entire first film is the yeah. fourth film. Right. I mean that, that's killing Obi-Wan. Killing Owen and and Brew is one of the best <laughs> tactician <laughs> moments of ever to get Luke to come with him. He just trusted in the force. Hey, it worked out again. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Um, but Grant, I'm, I'm mostly I just time moves differently. All right. Yeah. I'm just mostly just joking about it because I think if we are looking at the Clone Wars cartoon, right, which is what Floney's building off of. Yes. I would say out of those out of the two, Obi-Wan is definitely a master tactician in in those car in, in that series. Right. They give him more credit there. Yeah. So I, I think mean, that makes sense. We're obviously getting a little tinfoily here. Lock in falls in attack position. In in reality, though, I love your idea that there's another shoe that's going to drop yeah. on Omega. You know, like, oh, you think we've revealed who Omega is? She's, you know, Boba Fett's other, you know, long distant sister or whatever, cousin, whatever you want to call them. Um, but maybe she's something more. Yeah, I agree. I think there's still more to come. And I'm excited for it. And I think the fact in the last episode that we cut away when the Bad Batch is telling her why she's special. Right. I think that's very telling. Yeah. Because I think I think it's leading us down a certain path that we think we're supposed to think they just told her the exact same thing. Right. That that we were told. But why cut that? Like, why would you cut that? You would want her reaction to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But back to the episode at hand. Oh yeah, that's she's a master strategist. Uh, yeah, we find that out when she starts winning these Jajaric games over and over and over again at Sid's parlor, and Sid's just, you know, using her to run the table. Uh, and but Omega selflessly uh, take uses her earnings to pay uh, back the uh, the debt, the bad batch yeah. debt they owed yeah. Sid, which was that was that was touching to like get back to that when the bad batch gets back and and they learn that yeah. that fact. It's, it's super touching. It's also interesting because we don't know what that means for episode 11, right? Because we've kind of gotten used to them hanging around SIDS and maybe they will just because they might be looking for jobs, but they're free now, right? They, at the, yeah. the end of this episode, they could go wherever they want, do whatever they want. Right. And we've talked about this in previous episodes. This is one of those hanging question marks over the bad batches. What are they going to do? Who are they going to be? You know, what yeah. role are they going to play in the galaxy? They're looking for it themselves. We're looking for it empathetically as uh, viewers. And um, it's going to be really interesting. We got six episodes to see what it's going to be like. So that'll be great. Um, we did get a little bit of a cliffhanger here. Maybe not really. But it was seemed like <laughs> cinematic effect. But yeah, you, well. you knew that they just the animation is so good in this series. I went back to see like a season three 
a show after this because I just needed more Star Wars tonight after I watched Bad Batch. And it's the animation is like I had a like it was already good, but like Dude, it's at how a good was level the, now? How good was the like broad daylight infiltration on Raxus with like yeah, like hitting the clone armor, uh, like the silent takedowns, the kind of like the Imperial protocol droid. Like it looked so good, like all the action yeah. in this episode, and then obviously the oh, yeah. walkers and uh, the use yeah. of like shadow and smoke effects. Like it's it's really great. The the one that got me this time was when they got back to Sid's and it was apparent that Omega was sad that they didn't take them, you know, that the, you know, gang didn't take her along and they're, they're walking away and um, Wrecker L shoulders uh, Hunter on his way out of the room. And he looks mm -hmm. back and he gives him a look and you just know yep. what that look is. And like, I just don't feel like, I don't know. Maybe they did it the whole Clone Wars, but that just struck me. It was like it was it was just like really impactful, really on character and, you know, a nonverbal like animation emotion. Yeah. Was, you know, just I don't know, kind of great. Um, it, it makes me like record more, but that was the one that caught me. But um, anyway, anywho, uh, we have, you know, Hunter feels bad about it and he says, you know, how about you play B for a game? And if you win, you can, you know, you can come along on missions forever. So, and then it fade to black yeah. as they're playing to jar together. I'm really hoping episode 11 is just a 22 minute long episode of the Jarek <laughs> match between the two of them. I will. I, I am not even joking. I will happily watch that. I love, I just want them to do that. I have a feeling they'll just cut to, you know, her being on a mission, but man, do I, do I want that more than anything? Yeah. Also, because this episode left me with so many questions about how Jajaric is actually played. Yes. <laughs> I yes. understand it less now after this episode than I did before. <laughs> I, I appreciate you click, that. Click two buttons. Yeah. If you click one button, you're doomed. Click, right, click exactly. Two click buttons. two, because apparently that allows you to dodge, hit, and then hit a second person. <laughs> so you get, like, more than one move per 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 turn, <laughs> which seems There's odd like to me. six but... buttons, and it's... Yeah. Like, I bet it makes sense. I bet Pablo's figured this out. Like, he's already... like. He's like, nope, they make sense. This is how Jarek works. Yeah. We're working on a board right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally I don't know are. if it's the Monarch or the Kintan Strider, but one of them is OP. <laughs> well done. There was a character I hadn't seen before. It looked like a giant pink bunny. That was, yeah. I was like, oh, and of course, that's who they picked for the girl. <laughs> but uh, she ended up, you know, smoking pools. With oh, that, yeah, that piece sure. trounces like two pieces at the end. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. okay, here we go. Yeah. Is there a parry in there somewhere? <laughs> um, so my question to you is uh if if we see her on a mission as um Adam predicted, which is a good prediction, um does Hunter throw the match or does Hunter just straight up lose? I think my theory is that Hunter thinks he throws the match, but he would have lost regardless. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think she beats Hunter. You know, yeah, where because she is she's already proven herself to beat everyone in the town. I mean, the Hunter, I can't imagine Hunter's going to perform any better. Yeah. I mean, Hunter's kind of a big deal. They're yeah. not like being timid about the fact that the Bad Batch is OP. I mean, they, they yeah. fought their way through like how many tanks uh, uh, and how know. many clones? Yeah, I mean, they yeah, yeah it's they no, they are kill a one. They just like all non-lethal like contact with their their brothers. Yeah. 
I know okay. that's I mean, that's the thing as much as I'm, I'm saying that like Hunter may not be the strategist of the team. They are a really strong team. Like yeah. they, they they are really good and even and, missing a sniper. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I yeah, I he is a big deal for sure. He is the leader. Like whether or not he's the strategist of the team, he's the leader of the team for sure. See, that's what spooks me now that you say they're missing a sniper. I'm just thinking ugh, the tragedy is going to strike in the show and it's going to be from they're not going to know where the shots are coming from. It's going to be a sniper oh. situation. Yeah, and it's that. It's going to be well, like, I mean, it's either going to take out Tech or Echo, right? Wow. It happens in every sniper's yeah. missing sniper. Whenever there's a missing sniper in a story, it's just you just get the ambush. That's just what happened. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And absolutely. we know that he's chasing him. We know <laughs> that he could predict where they're going to be. So, Grant, I think you're right. I think we're going to get an end of an episode with a with a gunshot or a blaster shot. It's going to be bad. I don't know. But so that's a good question. I mean, I'm just going to give you a choice at Tech or Echo. Who, who gets it? In that in that situation, honestly, if they can't take tech from me, they can't do it. I think yeah, I will, it's going to be tech. I think it's going to be tech as well <laughs> because we care about him now. Yeah, we and know it, that we it, don't care about Echo, but it's like it'd be more tragic if like poor Echo had to pick up the slack. It also makes sense because then you're breaking up the team even more, and then you have to rely on an outsider, somewhat of an outsider, to fill in that role, right? You have Echo who has been welcome it in but it's not and you know a, you know a, a, you know an original part of the team well where's it gonna go guys like wh what are they gonna even be i mean they could all be farmers by the end of the season and we'd never get another season That's i don't know I'm hopeful for i'm hopeful they make it to some sort of like conservation <laughs> project i hope so yeah. my fear is based on the end of this episode that they're going to be sticking around sids a little longer and taking up missions to make money that's my my thought, but we'll see. What do they need money for? I don't know, but I just, I mean, they could be farmers. I just don't, I mean, part of me, and this is the cynical, like, writer part of me, is like, I don't, I mean, maybe you have an episode of that, right? And then they're right. caught. But, like, in terms of, we still have six episodes left in the season. Like, right. I, I don't know if there's enough room to do that i meant like it ends like that's the end we did, did one oh like the end of the entire of it, thing yeah yeah but i don't know they might they might Maybe. run this one longer and keep doing seasons of it i don't oh, know i think we have multiple seasons i don't think this is just a 16 and done thing well it, may, it might take all 16 episodes to figure out what to do but they are fighters so it would like make sense if they help out some sort of strand of the rebellion um and obviously, there you know that this episode did work to be like, "Hey, we're all on the same team now against the Empire." Like, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if they do time jumps between seasons. Yeah, where I mean, would like, you jump to? Well, like Ben, maybe that's the way the season one episode, season one ends, right? Maybe they do end as farmers or whatever, and then we jump to five years later, and it's 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 Omega and, and her four dads, or probably three dads at that point, because one of them's going to get it. Or but five yeah. dads if they get the crosshairs here. back. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe you get this because then you have five years later. It's in the middle of the dark times between Omega's a little older. And then you also have the Bad Batch even older, right? Because at that point they'll have aged quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And now That'd there's no fun. more clones wandering around, probably. Probably that's just them versus stormtroopers. Right. I want to see them visit like Rex out like on his fishing yeah. crawler in the middle of the desert. That'd oh, that desert. Yeah. 
I kind of I loved that that part. There's so many like really amazing parts of Rebels and Clone Wars that they mm-hmm. create. I'm just glad it exists because it's so fantastic. Um, the other thing, just like real quick, is just like the parallel with Mandalorian. Like, I, I think you, I don't know who hit on it. Maybe it was Grant two weeks ago or it was um, you last week, Adam. Uh, just like they, they have, they figured out this, you know, not equation, but this this system where it's like they've got the, you know, the, the war-torn battle person and then like the kid that's like still, it, it's like Wolf and Cub again, like all over right. again with yeah. the team. Um but I have to say they're doing it really well because it, it's heartwarming and I really feel for all the characters and especially like Omega and Hunter and like you just you can really empathize with these characters or I yeah. feel like I can. But Well, it's kind of crazy to think by the end of the season we'll have had as much Bad Batch as we've had the Mandalorian. Right. So we'll have 16 episodes of both. Right. Unless you go by time and then it's about. Uh, yeah, it's a little. Half. Yeah. About half. Yeah. But I don't know. Some of those Mandalorian episodes were real short. Yeah. Yeah. Truth. Truth. Well, um, we'll have to. I don't know. I don't even want to think about how long we're going to have to wait for the Mandalorian. But, yeah, early 2021, 2022. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. We'll get Obi-Wan before that. So that'll That's be true. Cool. But we'll also have Boba Fett before that. So we yeah, have plenty we'll, coming. Yeah. Plenty. Plenty in the pipeline. All right, why don't we switch over? In the Mandoverse, so technically in the Mandoverse. We will probably get a Mando. Yeah. Like a Mando. Yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. That would be really cool, actually, to have Din Djarin as a cameo in Book of Boba. I bet you will. Yeah. Be fun. All right, Righto, why don't we get to the comics? We can do it. Bounty hunters. We don't need that scum. Scum, scum, scum. All right. Welcome to Boba's Bounty Board, a subsidiary of Kyber Hitchell's Comics Corner. That, that those were words I said. Yeah, they sounded a lot like words. <laughs> they were. It's two uh, segments for one. Yeah, two best segments for one. We're just moving right along. Uh, so we're gonna cover Darth Vader thirteen, which came out last week, but we wanted to save it for Grant because it's his baby. Uh, and we'll also talk about Doctor Afra number eleven. But uh, let's do Vader. My right? child, Adam. <laughs> uh, <laughs> go for it. Darth Vader, number 13, uh, obviously written by uh, the great Greg Pak. Artist is Raphael Ayanko. Uh, Jason Keith is the colorist. VCs Joe Caramagna is the um, letterer. Uh, following Captain Solo's trail in hopes it will lead him to Luke Skywalker, Vader uses Boko the Hutt to track down droid bounty hunters in pursuit of Boba Fett, the last known holder of the rebel, rebel hero in Carbonite. Um, yeah, so much to talk about. And then, yeah. and then, of course, uh, this leads to an incredible confrontation between IG-88 and Darth Vader, uh, hence the title Sound of Metal. Yeah, uh, <laughs> such a cool fight, like such a cool fight to see those two go at it. And then uh, the awesome reveal mid fight that IG has hacked into Vader's suit and, and someone's given him the codes to do so. Uh, I thought that was just yeah. a standout story beat for me. Um, obviously, we love the parallel action flashback stuff that we get in these issues. And right off the bat here, you get Vader talking about um, his trial and coming through on the other side yeah. and going to kill the hope, Obi-Wan's hope, and going to kill 
you know, the valued asset that the emperor wants his son. Like it's the fire's stoked. Like Greg Pak has found a way to stoke the fire in Vader again, where he just feels menacing. Yeah. Uh, once yeah. more in the second act. And it's pretty cool. And I love it because this is not necessarily where I was expecting this series to go. I thought it was going to be the slow turn of Vader back to the light, like when we see him in episode six. But I like the fact that we are now, for all intents and purposes, maybe there's some other stuff going on. But from what we're seeing in this issue, he is fully back to the dark side to the point where he is willing to sacrifice his son for the dark side. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if being just in the proximity of those crystals, those mm, red kyber right. crystals, and actually like turn yeah. it. He took a pretty abrupt about face again, even for Anakin slash Vader, and was just like he's like full metal dark side right now, which yeah. is fun. It's fun to see and fun to write about. But I wonder if there'll be a moment where he's like, "What am I doing? Like this is I was right the first time, and you know." Um, yeah, but he's always fighting to like purge his past and can't do it. Um, which is that's what Vader does. And it's as always the most metal comic there is. <laughs> it is very true. So that's all well and good, but I want to talk about uh our the the ripped hut in this episode, which we've seen yeah. before. Yeah. Oh, but Goku, like let's 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 Goku talk the about hut. like Goku the, the hut, hut for you. Who has like a legit eight pack. Yeah. Yeah, eight or twelve, something like that. Yeah. So I, we get something there where I think he's referred to by like another hut, and they call him like a boy, like a juvenile or something. A like juvenile. That. Yeah. So, so I had the same thought. Of, like, yeah. Right. So he is the Italian that's still going to the tanning rooms and like gym tanning laundry and yeah. hanging out next to the public pool with the six pack, right? But he hasn't gotten to the <laughs> old Italian dude, big fat gut, listening to opera, smoking. Stogies. He's, he's Don John, the hut. Yeah. Don John, yeah. <laughs> right. I just, I just, I kept seeing him, and all I could picture were like huts doing sit ups. And I'm just like, what does that even look like? Dude, do you even it's lift, amazing. bro? <laughs> one swole slug right there. Yeah. It's really true. And I just love that it still there's nothing for the head area. Like the head area is still like this exactly the yeah. same. Blah blah. Um, but yeah, he doesn't skip ab day, that's for sure. That is for sure. Like every day is ab day for that that <laughs> slug. One would he think has, it would be like very is very thin, like liquidy skin that needs to be yeah. he needs to get swole. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like drinking creatine shakes like all the time <laughs> just like, all protein right, just eats like protein. he's like the rock he eats like five full chickens a day and that's it right. like just um the other thing that this book does which i think recanonizes something which is ig88 is downloadable in terms of like yeah. It seems like he his consciousness is not necessarily kept within just a single body. Yeah, I think they right. did a nice job with IG-88. Yeah, they, they they kept him as menacing. Like he should be super menacing. Yeah. And uh, and he was in this. I mean, he took control of Vader, which is like, oh, wow. And then again, as every Vader comic goes, Vader uses the force and finds some way to overcome and um, and, and smote his rival. But. Uh, yeah, it was still I, pretty, he had a good run and in IG-88 got away, which not many can say. It's true. I have to say when I was reading this book and and 
like Vader was being controlled. I was just like, yep, yeah, but just crush him with the force. Right. <laughs> and he's and a that lead, with guns. Right? Like, like, like we've seen you do it, but we saw you do it like when you became Darth Vader, right? Like he ends up destroying all those droids when he's on the operating table. Yeah. Um, at the end of episode three. Uh, so I kept going back and forth because I kept going, ooh, this is really tense versus like, just just the force, dude. Just use the force. Instead, he had like, he was like, I think he was picking his moment. He was like, wow, this right? is not great. The fact that I have to, he's probably using the force to fight his suit, trying to kill himself. Yeah, but, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, holding he, the paper away. Right, his own arm away with the force. Um, but then he found a really, like, rather than just crumple him, he had... Uh, IG-88 shoot himself in the head, which was a little more gruesome, a little more Vader, a little more poetic, you know, had some more panache yeah. to it. Then. Yeah. Felt like a mirror, it, like mirror a move. it was classic mirror. It was like, you want to take me out by chopping uh, my head yeah. off? I'm going to take your head off. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Good point. How about, yeah. yeah. It was a, a perfect mirror. And Anakin does that because he's filled with seething rage. And he has to basically. <laughs> yeah. Everything has to be a exactly what you've done and do it yeah. worse in some way. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, solid, um, solid action, solid characters. And um, we move a little closer to the uh, hut party, the old Crimson Dawn fet. And what's interesting about this issue is of, of the four main runs that we've been reading, this one seems in some ways less concerned about the War of the Bounty Hunter stuff. And what I mean by that is it's still part of it, right? Like it's an important part of moving the pieces. But there's a whole other subplot going on in this story that seems really fitting to Vader, right? The fact that um, there are people in the in the Emperor's oh. purview who are out to get him, out to kill him, out to destroy him. Right. The old yeah. Sly Moore. I love that Sly yeah. Moore is getting some airtime. Yeah. And part of the whole, what is this whole council at the end though? Yeah, the I think it's the the, the uh, I don't know. Umbarian's court. Is that what we think maybe? Well, there seemed like a couple different um species represented there. Yeah. I think I, I looked at it as like these are still upper tier Imperials, but that are um you know, loyal to Sly more, yeah. more than they are the Emperor or um, the other guy, Yuktashu. No, it seemed uh -huh. to be the um, the Umbaran court. I think you're right, Adam. Uh, yeah, and then, but they're, they're not Inquisitors. They're like they mm -hmm. look closer to what I I would I would say an acolyte might look like, or like the, the kind of uh, the zealots we see in Rise of Skywalker. The, right. Yeah. Yeah, they're menacing-looking people on their face, right? Yeah, but. it's kind of unclear to me whether they're force-related or Ben, like you were saying, Parslimor's kind of. They, I felt like I was like looking at cross, like like uh, skull and crossbones, right? Like like it's right. weird, or like uh, like just some weird political. Yeah, it's like some Illuminati. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah. Upper echelon group. Yeah. Of the of the. Of the bureaucracy of the bureaucracy of the, the, the government yeah of the nice. empire which is great do more of that yeah right? that's what i was gonna say i love it i love that we're getting more of this like what's going on it's not just the emperor it's all these other he's just surrounding himself with a bunch of weirdos and i love that we're getting <laughs> looks at all the weirdos yeah where is yuptashu like the series yeah <laughs> right right 
Who's the other guy with the horns? Why can't I think of his name? It's Masameda. Uh, Masameda. There you go. Yeah, Masameda is a lap dog, though, right? He doesn't Isn't have. Isn't there him. an issue where it was some defining comic issue with him? I forget what happened. But... Well, so in Aftermath, he takes over. He's like the de oh, right. facto emperor, and no one, everyone's just like, For like a week. Moss. No one, yeah. <laughs> you're, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and the emperor knew that, right? Like, I think he, he you know, that was how it was going to cave its head in, was putting the biggest idiot in the empire. It's, it's yeah, like, which makes sense with the whole contingency plan or the, you know, uh, yeah. whatever it was called. I can't think of what the plan was called. Uh, Cinder, Operation Cinder. Cinder, Operation Cinder, right? Which makes sense. is like it's less about, like, holding power as opposed to just yeah. getting, exacting revenge. Exactly. Um, and you know, I'm still holding out secretly, uh, uh, Ray's grandmother. I, you know, I think there's, there's a chance there. I feel like the slime more in this, this, uh, uh, Umbaran court could have been something from the underworld show that George had written. Like, Ooh. I remember them talking about, Ooh, uh, interesting. there was a female lead in that show that was supposed to be like, as big a deal as Palpatine. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, who's that? Like, and it's likely not Amara Jade. It's likely some other character. And yeah. Slime War was there from the beginning. Like, and then doing a lot with the character now makes sense. Like, it's it's a character we, we are, it's already been set up. So, totally. That would make a lot of sense. There's, I'm sure there's so much unused material that they're, they're borrowing from that. I would hope so. That would be so fun because she is sort of a side character, but I'm really glad where she's getting some airtime here. Yeah, I like how they're using her. Me too. Yeah, especially if it is like secret society stuff. That would be so fun. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. You want to talk about Dr. Afra number 11? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, War of the Bounty Hunters, The Wreckage by Wong, Young, Olzaba, Rosenberg, Karamanga, Pacelli, and Woodard. Uh, and here's my short summary. Uh, Dr. Afra and Samastaris find Domina Tag's cousin, though a bit too late, as he has already fell prey to a thought-to-be-extinct horde of parasites. Uh, our heroes end up teaming up with the monstrous bounty hunter uh, Dirge in a desperate attempt to escape with their lives and an invitation to the dinner party of a century. That's it. That's the whole comic right That's there. It. You did it. Yeah. Um, yeah, should we start with a caviar? First of all, did caviar take you out of like the galaxy for a second when they used the French word? Yeah, <laughs> I had that thought. It's, I mean, then... it describes eggs, I guess. So, yeah. And then when they showed the caviar, I was a little my, my stomach rolled a, yeah. a little bit, <laughs> a little gross, especially since yeah. it was hatching as he was eating it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. See, I don't mind them saying it as long as the dish looks alien. And it did. It did. Look, look. It sure did. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it sure did. Uh, so do you think these were planted there? Or do you think this was just some like wacky mishap that happens to one percenters? I think it's definitely a plan. I think it's I think, you know, it's it's planted. We're going to find more out that about that. Hit. Yeah, I think so. I don't think you accidentally release all of those things, but who knows? Right. Um, pretty great. We, we should just get right to dirge. I mean, so <laughs> what are we Dirge, 
here. Dirge was like a, a right a Tartarovsky creation from the the other Clone Wars animated series, the first Clone Wars animated series. Yeah, we reviewed that a, a few weeks ago. Um, go watch that; it's amazing. Um, and at that point, Dirge is a general in the Separatist army, and he has a a biker gang that he's leading um, with, lance. with lance. lances. Yeah, yes, it's yeah. Like, real cavalry on speeders with lances like and then you get Wait, Ben what is, what is dirge like what is he made of he's a tentacle monster right tentacles of, yeah he's like a manga tentacle monster right, that's that pretty that's important himself. for viewers to understand like listeners to understand yeah. about yeah. this episode because this episode has like low-key kind of aliens the thing vibes like right away right uh early they don't on. realize or, you know alien like the original like it has mm-hmm. that vibe yes. early. Yes. And then so now that you understand that Dirge, this sort of armored giant hulking armored character is basically a tentacle monster. The the, the episode wake makes way more sense. Like it, it yeah. makes a lot more sense. That yeah, point. that's what's so funny. But it's like your classic ghost ship sci fi. It's like, wow, everyone's dead. That's weird. I wonder what killed them. What was that noise in the wall? You know, like classic that. And then Dirge shows up and. It's like, no, 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 no. He's the monster. Right. Like, yeah. Whatever's rattling around in the side yeah. and as fearsome as they are, like, you don't have to really worry about those. You got to worry about Dirge, which was so surprising because he instantly like he's dropped down a couple pegs. And and like even yeah. in, like his title, it was like Dirge Bounty Hunter. And you're yeah. like, OK, so we're all to believe he's a bounty <laughs> hunter now and not a general or not like this holdover, you know, whatever. OK. When last we saw him, he was fighting with uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Obi-Wan actually jumped inside him and exploded him from the inside. Yeah. Um, And and he was just goo on the walls of like a air, you know, a hangar, a starship hangar. But apparently he survived. But like the T-1000. Right. Yeah. Together. Yeah. And, and I was just shocked with how quickly they just teamed up in this issue, which, again, makes sense. You know, everyone's trying right. to survive, though. Again, I don't know why a tentacle monster would be all that nervous about a bunch of parasites. I don't think they could infect him like they could others. Right. He was creeped out by them, though, clearly. Yeah. You know, so they both had the same quarry, right? They were both going after um, this same... <laughs> Cousin, yeah. right yeah uh, cousin, yeah Derek Jerkin Jerkin. Derek, Jer- Derek Jerkin that's uh, 100% Derek Jerkin Jerkin um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh no Eben 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 Drake I was close Drake that's what I was looking for Drake <laughs> Derek Jerkin yeah. it just it's all the letters are there it's uh, well yeah, I mean we've had Tobias Beckett so why not <laughs> why not Derek Jerkin Derek Jerkin um yeah so you're right ben they're both after him but i love the fact that i guess yeah afra and and sonsteris are after him alive and uh for whatever reason dirge is after him dead or alive and so when they find him he's like well you can just have him he's dead like i love him just pointing him like yep go ahead take him he's all yours he's all yours yeah and so he was like all right this is great everyone wins that's you know always find the deal where everyone wins that's what i learned um yeah, so that was just kind of odd. so. I was gonna ask you guys who who do you think hired Dirge? Does it matter? I think it does. I don't know who, right? But but I, 
there's so many I gotta be honest, there's so many players in this in this right. between bounty hunters that and I'm just having growing. trouble. So I don't know. I'm gonna go with like the current bad guy that they're always doing, which is the unbroken clan. Because that seems to be the safest bet. If anyone's doing anything nefarious in the comics currently, it's the unbroken clan. I don't know why, but that's my guess. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. I mean, it could just be like I wanna say he's Win, an arms dealer. Wen Delphis. All right, I like one Fargo character of Star there Wars. There you go. The Fargo character. It's, yeah. <laughs> he is the Fargo character. Wendelvis. He just sits in like a dreary room with bad teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and he just it's sends gotta be Wendelvis or whatever it yeah. is. You know what I'm yeah. talking about. He's in these African comics. Yeah, and we got just lucky. He's in there. Um, I was gonna say we got a couple pages with just lucky doing just lucky's things. Which is essentially nothing. Sitting yeah. around and looking cool. <laughs> they um great. Or Domino Tag though, my favorite character, I think. Yeah, Domino Tag's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she has the Wait, line. can we talk about how great the moment is when they dirge is basically stumbles out into the kind of um uh uh pressure hold and then they space him? Like yeah. that is incredible. Yeah, he seems a little perturbed by the spacing, but yeah, you don't space dirge. One does not simply space dirge. Yeah. Without fear of imminent death. Right, and they pretty much acknowledge that at the very end, where, where they're just like, well, he did say he's notoriously hard to kill. Yeah, um, I have no idea. I also don't know what he expected to happen in that situation like when i was watching i'm like i thought that was just the plan yeah because <laughs> how is he going to get all the parasites off of him and then back out the door in time like right, what did right. he what did he think was was going to happen yeah yeah we all saw that coming as readers i'm pretty sure um just lucky was on a ship called the fleeting by the way they, they're on a roll with brand new starship designs i don't know if like chang is working overtime yeah, there's like really great starship designs left and right. We're getting it in Bad Batch. We're getting it in the comics. It's all these like personal Starcraft. Oh, yeah, that ship looks rad. Yeah, that one's I mean, it's even a little plain. Kind of 80s. Hit. I like it. Right. Yeah, we get the Volt Cobra, which could be the coolest starship name in the galaxy, maybe. And then uh, the Pearl something, or though the Opal Empress, um, which is kind of a art deco affair which i always like um so i think but, we can i think it's safe to say that afra has the best ships too because like it's got domino tags like massive um like star yacht or whatever that thing is yeah yeah um it's got all these little ships it's got the volt cobra yeah the fleeting which is just like this banger um yeah there's some good there's some good uh, starships we're seeing here, and I appreciate it. Yeah, it's yeah, very, very true. I was trying to think of what was the name of the ship from last week that we discovered? Oh, um, oh, the wait, Havoc so Marauder, the Havoc dude. Yo, Grant, so you missed this. That's the name of the, the Bad, Bad Batch, Batch ship. ship. Yeah, it's the, the Havoc, Havoc Marauder. Marauder. Wow. That is the best name of a ship. I don't know who was in the writing room for that one, but kudos. That was, that's a great one. It's a great name. Yeah, that's right. I, we should be referring to the Havoc Marauder more often. It's true. Um, yeah. Also, um, 
I would love to do a I would love to do a Star Wars series based on High Republic vector pilots, like the, mm. the Jedi pilots, like a pilot squadron that are, are are all Jedi, comprised of all Jedi. That would be an incredible comic. That yeah. would be really incredible. Just speaking of uh, fighter pilots, real quick, that that would be fun because it would be like Rogue Squadron, like. High Republic with Jedi. Yeah. yeah, with all right, with just Jedi. And it's like all but there's like an elite group of Jedi that just like fly really well. Yeah. Yeah. We see some yeah. of that in the next um <laughs> the next book too. For but, sure. Um, there was so there was more of a leak. We probably could have put this in news, but whatever. Leslie Headland did another interview and re- revealed more fun factoids. One is that she her first favorite Star Wars movie was uh Phantom Menace. Big Phantom Menace fan. And mm-hmm reading it she loved it for all the same reasons i did which is just like it asked all these really amazing questions um just by being there and being beautiful and doing awesome things in the galaxy um but also it revealed that she is gonna do that show in multiple timelines it looks like yeah like it looks like they're they're gonna refer back to the um stackpole uh, expanded universe rogue squadron novels um but also it sounds like it, it'll take like these people are it's going to be in a new era and it very likely could be what we were talking about where it's post rise of skywalker era stuff so probably isn't going to be vector pilots grant unfortunately but um but we might get a new era of starfighter pilots which would be fun yeah cannot wait it's definitely the show i think i'm most excited about the yeah. uh, uh Rogue squadron the fact that uh, the Oh yeah, I, I think that uh, that's so. She's going to Sorry, explore the the Jedi. She's going to explore the the state of the Jedi in the prequel films, like why they why they are currently acting the way they do, where the council is kind of held supreme and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and they live amongst like the most densely populated areas and all this all this kind of stuff. Explore that information. Then where do the High Republic books end up? Well. Do yeah, we that's know? the question. Do we know I, are they right. did they abut that show and then that show basically explains in more detail sort of where the Jedi are headed. I think maybe. I mean, I think the books are actually right now being a third of the way through Kevin Scott's new book, I think are doing a lot of that work as well. Like the more and more I read in the higher public and read those books, the more and more I understand why the Jedi are the way they are when we see him in the Phantom Menace. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder because we talked earlier about how the the council changes, right? And I wonder yeah. I feel like that's gonna be the biggest indicator, sort of it's gonna be Yoda, man. It's gonna be like how does Yoda's whole theory about the force change and how does yeah. it send it down the wrong path? Yeah. Ultimately. Right. And and sorry, I mixed my up two different news headlines in the same quote there. So there was the Leslie Headland thing talking about the Phantom Menace, and then Patty Jenkins mentioned that um, she'd be multiple uh, timelines, right? She multiple timelines for yeah. Us. Sorry, um, just a little overtired. And uh, there's also a lot, a lot of, of Star Wars, a lot of Star Wars, squadron, but a lot of Star Wars, raw, raw, yeah, bouncing around in my noodle. That's right. I'm so excited that, again. If we yeah, get... your original trilogy and then the Clone Wars, maybe that would be wild. Yeah, I mean, I just want to get make sure we get Hosas Hosas Esque in our Rogue Squadron movie, and then I'm good. So it's the it's the horse pilot. (laughs) 
You got it. Adam, you I'm, ask and you'll get I'm it. I'm in for that. I will. If we're uh, obviously going to all see this movie together as we as we have with the past two Star Wars movies. And if they do that, I will be I will. It'll be the loudest you've ever heard me yell at a Star Wars movie. If I get a horse, if I get a horse X-Wing pilot, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it in the middle of a the theater. That would be that'd be a great moment. I yeah. see this is where we need a nerd in the room with uh, Patty Jenkins. She's, she's like, I'm just going to do like the best Top Gun you've ever seen. It's like, yeah, but you need a horse pilot. Yeah. <laughs> and she'd be like, how will she roll with that? I don't know. Um, that'll be fun. And I, so I, I imagine we'll get some wedge Antilles in there too. I, I hope so. I really hope so. And like we talked about last week, they're releasing, they re- are releasing the first rogue squadron book in kind of their essential legends collection. And I think, I think there's a reason for that. Yeah. A lot of synergy going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Anyways, we were talking about comics and we were also talking about the high Republic. Why don't we, uh, bounce into the high Republic? Welcome to another Starlight Beacon Bulletin. This week we're covering uh, another issue of the High Republic main run, uh, written by Captain Scott, artist is George Genty, uh, Carl Story is the inker, uh, Annalisa Leone is the colorist, the VCs Joe Caramagna's letter, and obviously Phil Noto on the art. And this is the High Republic Heart of the Drengear, Chapter 1, The Galaxy Unites. Uh Basic summary is after or while Avar Chris and Mayarga the Hutt battle Drenger on the surface of uh, uh, Sedri Minor, uh, Keeve hopes to stabilize a still corrupted Skier on Starlight Beacon. But the dark hold of the Drenger proves too strong, and Skier infests Keeve, launching them into a telepathic realm connected to the great Drenger progenitor. As Stalamaru, keeping his ear to the ground, comes in just in time to gain intel on the progenitor's location and recover both Keeve and Skier. Uh, Avar, Chris, and Mayarga obviously battling back the Drengar on Sedri Minor. Are they on Davok? I forget. Davok or Sedri Minor battling back the Drengar. Um, yeah. That was incredible. I mean, on the backs of Rancors. Let's yeah. not, Jedi let's not, on skip a let's not the, bury the lead here. Yeah. Rancors yeah. are involved. Yeah. yeah. Jedi on a Rancor, Jedi on a Rancor. Jedi yeah. I, if I had time, that would have been my background for this week. Uh, <laughs> it, there's a splash page. That's just amazing. I want it. I want it as a piece of art. How haunting is it when the Drenger Yeah. Uh, infest the Rancor and like, yeah. uh, send their, their vines like tendrilling through its nostrils. And it's, yeah, that, that image is terrifying. It's terrifying. And we see it over and over again. Everyone is just like, nope, in through the nose, straight to the brain. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's straight yep. they did it with the village, you know, the most yeah. uncomfortable sensation. Ugh, like, oh, that's, yeah. they found it. That's the dark. That's what the Jedi are afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. Afraid yeah. Of nose violation. Yeah. yeah. It is. It is very, it's, it's very squirm worthy when you, when you watch that and you see that and the, and just the idea of them just sucking out all the nutrients and then it's just, yeah, it's yikes. But it was also nice seeing that, like, after that happened, after the Rancor was corrupted, right, the hut kills the Rancor. And I just there's a moment where it was nice. It was a nice Jedi moment where she was just saying um, that was a living being, right? Like, even yeah. even a Jedi is is conscious of the living being of a Rancor. Yeah, I mean, they were that was her trusty steed for a few pages there. Yeah, we will talk about this more next week when we talk about Kevin Scott's the rising storm. Is that what it's called? 
Yes. Did I get it right? Okay. Um, I'm really starting to believe that Avar Chris is the only, at this point, uncorrupted Jedi that we've met in the High Republic. Uncorrupted by what? I don't know. By whatever the darkness. The Yaga Berry, Berry Yaga is uncorrupted in every way. Yeah, he's pure. He's pure. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah, I will say I have maybe let me put it this way of the masters of the of the masters, okay. I think, because I yeah. think you're right. I think yeah, the Jedi. Yes, I already have a bad feeling about, by the way, because it seems very hawkish. Yeah. And uh, we, that that is the downfall of the Jedi is just how 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 they monitor situations. They, they kind of over communicate. Yeah. Over monitor everything. And that's, going, yeah, talk about that a little more. Talk about Stellan Geos, right? Because yeah, like, he hasn't gotten much screen time, but we get a little bit of him, or you know, FaceTime. We get a little bit of him in a hologram on this one. Yeah, he doesn't like the this alliance with the Huts. He's like, I, I, the council is worried about Avar's alliance with the Huts. She's only been with them for like eight hours. I mean, like it's only been a couple of issues that they've the Huts have been featured here. I, I mean, mean right. I don't and know. it's <laughs> the, the Dredger are like absolutely the bigger threat. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, like I, I get it. I get what he's saying. But at the same time, like you, you got to sometimes pick your battles. Right. Like, yes, you do this and then you take care of the huts. Yeah. Yeah. Drenger or dark side. Does Stellan Geos know that? Like, I, I don't know how you don't are hungry and want to eat. And his dark side yeah. thought speech bubbles. It's. Yeah. Trimming needs to happen. And. What I was saying before is not that like all the other masters are are bad or dark side. They're all just slightly tainted in different ways, which are really interesting on reading all these things where there's just like, oh, there's some things there where like I just I can see the path. It's like Anakin, right? Like I could see all of their individual paths to the dark side. Not that they're necessarily going to go that way, but they're all they all have a clear way to fall. And I haven't seen that Avar Chris yet, really. Yeah, she's pure light at this yeah. point. She's she's very much a Obi Wan Kenobi. It's just sort of yeah, light. for sure. But she's their compass. She's their true north. Um, and and apparently she can like sense things from across the galaxy, which is pretty right. wild as well. Because she could feel um, what um, who is the the young Jedi that's our narrator for most of this thing. I can't think of her name right now. Keeve Trennis. Keeve, thank yeah, you. Keeve, yeah, yeah. She could sense like Keeve Trennis's thoughts, like from whatever within the trend gear. I I loved that they went into this inner space, yeah, another plane of existence, sort of monitoring. And there was like this really tender moment where um, Skier and Keeve hug in like yeah. artificial space just because she's like oh you're finally there and they're like this is totally against the rules and he's like i don't yeah. care no it's she's great like, because exactly either. it's good to see you this is not the jedi way i don't care neither do i it's it was yeah. just such a, a great moment i agree like it was yeah. really touching right how do you deny attachment that's silly yeah right it's yeah. like your i understand your your parental figure for years of your life right crazy crazy um yeah, the dogma is not awesome in the in of the Jedi. It's 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 got some flaws, um, yeah. which they're exploring in the series and yeah. in the books, which I'm enjoying. This idea of that, like, our attachments really evil, or is it is it what we do 
in the name of attachments that are evil, right? Like you can be attached and still not, and still right. be able to sacrifice, right? Those are two separate things. Right. And Keith was being very unselfish. I mean, yes, she, she loves her master and wants to save him, but she did what she did. She, I mean, she voluntarily got infested by this to go in and, and try and help him within whatever mental fight he was battling. And, I mean, yes, she was, she was helping him, but she was also getting closer to the root of the problem, pun absolutely intended. Yeah, I was going to say, well done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even we get a trend ocean uh, pun, which I thought was pretty funny. He's like, I don't know. He's like, I've, I've just been rooting around in here. And it's just, it's just was that a <laughs> yep. joke? joke? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good bit. But uh, good. we're going to get, it sounds like we're going to the planet of the Drengiers at some point, which is. Oh, uh, so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, we're already going into like uncharted territory, unknown space. Um, yeah, in this, which I didn't think we'd do. I mean, because they already have a sort of confined galaxy that they're trying to expand. Yeah, it's going to unknown like, space. It's only like the remains of ancient Sith or something. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, maybe they're well, like. Go ahead, Ben. Sorry. I mean, like. I know y'all say that covers lie, but the next cover, Dekeev Trennis crossing blades with a red lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, I will say that I feel like the High Republic uh, has been better with their covers. I mean, this this yeah. cover we, we saw a month ago, and we were Jedi promised a, a Jedi and a Rancor, yeah. and we got a Jedi and a Rancor, for sure. <laughs> we got a lot of Jedi and Rancor. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um. I, I like this idea of like maybe the Drengier, like maybe we know there's a lot of Darth dark and Sith worlds out there, right? right. Like there's right. not from just more the than from, from Claudia Gray's into the dark. We learned yeah. about this connection between the Sith and the Drengier. Uh, that was, that was fascinating. That, yeah. Uh, that like they, it wasn't that the Sith were like wanted to harness the Drengier and then they built these giant superstructures to harness. Right. That part of yeah. it. Yeah. That was part of it. The the other thing that's interesting that I'm trying to figure out is timing of this. So between the two main novels in the series, there's a year like in in um, um, about a third of the way through the Cabin Scott, the Rising Storm book. And we've we learned that the Starlight Beacon was has been in operation for about a year. When wow. We, Come back. It's been a rough kickoff for for Starlight. <laughs> yeah, and it seems like in that year, and we'll talk more about this next week, that the Nile have kind have kind of dissipated, dropped back into the background, right? Figuring, yeah. kind of regrouping, and now the main threat is the Drengir, right, out there, kind of doing this. So I'm just trying to figure out because this series seems to have started with the <laughs> Starlight Beacon. Um. Starlight Beacon, right? Like, as I remember this series, there's only six yeah. issues. Yeah, yeah. What if it was like an emergency opening response Starlight Beacon. officer and you're like, you're brought to your desk, your workspace, and you're like, all right, welcome. Day one, everyone, sit down. Then it just hyperspace. Yep. And then there's a uh, man eating plants that are popping up everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The timelines are branching. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's what I'm trying to figure out is if this issue, because this issue also seems to take place pretty much right after the last issue even though it's the beginning of a new series so i don't know if this is just like i'm just curious not that i need to know but if this is just is this if this is only a few weeks after starlight beacon right has been 
Is this are they just going to spend a year of this, right? Of just cutting back the Drengier, which it kind of feels like when you read that book, like they've just been the Drengier just keep popping up on all these planets, and I don't know. We'll see. Pulling weeds, yeah, yeah, never ending battle. Yeah, we'll see. I like that they're already getting to the heart of it. Literally, you know, they they yeah. found like the patient zero Drengier in this um, episode. And this issue um, that makes you feel like they're making progress, you know, um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super fun episode. Beautiful. Um, really just well thought out. I love the psychological aspect. And then just then you have the outright action aspect with Jedi and Rancor. And uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty great. Jedi and Rancor. I feel like that's another uh, it's not a T-shirt. Right. <laughs> Jedi and a Rancor sounds like, you know, <laughs> shaving I mean, hair with two bits. I'd, I'd wear that like T-shirt a... of Avar Chris on a Rancor. Like, yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty great. Just saying. Or Myarga the Hut, like any. Yeah. Give me give me Myarga on a T-shirt. Yeah, and just say like never skip Ab Day, sort of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Boku's on the back. Myarga's in the front. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, super. Well, we did it again. Uh, another episode. Thanks very much for listening to all these reviews of all this great new uh, media from Star Wars. And um, yeah, we'll talk about next week. We're probably just going to talk about the book. Uh, yeah. So if you haven't picked up Rising Storm, um, do it. And um, we'll we'll go through it and talk about all yeah. the twists and turns and all the great stuff that uh, Kevin Scott wrote in that. And then I think there's another book, the Daniel Daniel Jose Alder, the Race to Crash Point Tower. I think yes. came out. Right. We'll yeah. cover that. I think the week after. Right? I think next week. I think we're gonna have a ton to talk about with the with the Kevin Scott. So we'll uh, we will cover the other. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm already the a few book. chapters in, and it's spectacular. Yeah. So far. Oh really? Race to Crash Point. All right. Cool. We'll uh, we'll do that. We got a lot of stuff to come cover. That's uh, super fun, man. Super fun. Um, all right well thanks everyone for listening um we'll be posting on discord instagram uh and twitter talk to us about star wars it's still happening we're still here thinking about it um if you need to just go there just talk to us uh we're always i might watch a star war tonight really watch a star war which watch which star war yeah it's probably gonna be solo no it's probably gonna (laughs) be uh Empire Strikes Back, honestly. All right. Oh, it's just it's an Empire night. All right. Yeah, I can't yeah. go wrong. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Sounds like a great time. I'm just going to probably watch all of Clone Wars, the animated series. <laughs> I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Just know, Adam, we'll be out there and we'll be watching Star Wars. I'll be yeah. thinking of you. Enjoying Wars in the Stars, if I can <laughs> get Jenny to turn off the real I want to go to sleep to the hum of a clone transport, you know? like Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks very much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. And uh, make the <coughs> may the Force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.